scheduled to speak at 8. Uh, Florida decided to have a press conference. Their governor just spoke. Uh, law enforcement is speaking as soon as that's over. And the governor uh, appears to be uh, breaking up listening to this, which I understand. Um, the president, Trump. Donald Trump's the president. Um, he is going to speak. He's That's disrespectful. The president is going to speak immediately when this is over. And uh, we kind of know what direction he's going, right? Because of his tweets. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll see what he says. Yeah. Uh, Fox News was uh, had split screen with the uh, sheriff talking and the shooter's mugshot up there. Oh, glorifying God. him, making him a national figure. Why? Famous. How, why? Well Did, done, Fox I, News. Give me the argument for doing that. People want to see it. Do they? Yes. Who do you know that wants to see that? Name somebody who wants to see that. I don't know a single person that would say they want to see that. Not one. Who wants to see that? I think most people do. They want to see the face. They want to look in the eyes. They want to see the person who did this. I don't get it. And then, to compound it, as the New York Times did last night, to pick a sh- picture where he's looking all kind of cool. and Got the gun up. and Got a sexy look on his face. Freaking weirdos. Who are you? That dig through pictures of killers to find the one where he looks coolest. What is wrong with you? Uh, a few emails. All we need to do is stop publishing these people's names and pictures. Easier said than done, but without the fame, the copycats would not be so inclined. Thank you, Mike. Guaranteed. Randy, uh, while I listen to Joe's impassioned arguments that the media contributes to all these shootings, I'm thinking from the Las Vegas shooting, I thought that banning bump stocks was something everyone could get behind. And what happened to that? That went away. Kind of petered out. Yeah, it did. It it it, it ran up against uh, you know uh, people that don't want to give an inch or they feel like they'll take a mile. I don't I don't believe in that sort of thinking when it comes to legislation, whether it's abortion or immigration or guns. Mm-hmm. I just don't believe in that. But a lot of people do. That if you give in it at all, even on something like bump stocks, which everybody thought, what are bump stocks? Would they have those? Well, let's get rid of them. Easily uh, popular uh, across America. Couldn't happen. Regarding Steve Hur, what uh, Steve Kerr, what's wrong with what Steve Kerr said? The government doesn't give a damn about the school shootings, or else they would take the country into that discussion, the adult discussion that you guys keep saying we need to have. At some point, the country will do something, which would be could be to revisit the Second Amendment. Um, you know, if if what Steve Kerr is saying is that we have a we need to have a sober, calm multifaceted national discussion, I agree with him. I've heard Steve Kerr talking about this before, Randy, and what he's saying is we need to uh, enact new gun laws. But, you know, if I've misinterpreted him or or he means more than that, fine. Fine, dandy. I'm not trying to win an argument here. I'm trying to decrease the number of school shootings. It would take certain Congress people, though, and, um, I mean, for instance, you can't have somebody involved in the conversation who, before they walk out, to start to discuss it on the House floor, gets a call from the NRA and says, hey, you say you're for banning bump stocks or anything, and we're not giving you any more money. Mm-hmm. And so they have to be zero tolerance on on everything. Right. We get, or unwilling to even have the conversation. We get this a lot. It's the psychotropic drugs. It's not the guns. They have black labels for a reason. They take a troubled person. Um, and turn him into a killer. He wasn't a murderer before he was put under the care of psychiatrists. There are certainly examples of that. I happen to be familiar with uh, various uh, drugs used for emotional problems. And, uh, you know, if you're depressed and you take a lot of the drugs, one of the side effects can be suicidal thoughts, which is a hell of a side effect since you were depressed in the first place. Right. Um, so, yeah, the psychotropic drug uh, discussion ought to be part of it. Thank you for putting it out. 
A lot of a uh, lot of these school shootings where they don't have the drugs, though. Right. Yeah. Again, it's uh, it's it's got to be like a point system. Uh, no single cause explains all of them, or even most of them, but they all go together in an ugly, ugly stew. I think the contagion of ideas one does fit into all of them. Yeah. There's this from Steve, who's a frequent contributor. I happen to strenuously disagree with him on this one, but wait a minute. You say Trump shouldn't come out and say the media shouldn't say this or that because of the First Amendment. Well, no, I say he can and he should. You should make it clear that there won't be any quote-unquote enforcement. It's a suggestion. Well, there are restrictions to the first, such as you can't call to riot or cause harm to someone or shout fire in a theater. Says who? We cannot have restrictions on what the media does or does not say or cover. Centuries of Supreme Court decisions, Steve. But the Second Amendment is every bit the right as the first and actually states that it cannot be restricted in its verbiage, but has been restricted and revoked and altered in pretty much every manner thinkable. We most certainly can put restrictions on the media. That is an awful argument, and you should be ashamed of it. The idea that because one constitutional right has been unjustly abused, we should go ahead and and abuse the rest of them if it suits us. Please, you're better than that. They're also very different in that um, we all I think we all know what free speech means nobody's exactly sure. I mean, people have been arguing for 200-some years now what a well-regulated militia means. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, there's a lot of disagreement over the First Amendment, but you're right. It's it's different, and and and, and the stakes are different, too. Sometimes greater than the Second Amendment stakes, but different. So it's really, really difficult to compare the two. How about the popular election of senators? You want to argue about that amendment? No. I, I would. No, I don't. Okay. Um, I don't so. even remember which one that was. I used to know. They made me learn it. But they can't make me retain it. I, I don't know. Do, do you all understand uh, the, the, the whole uh, what's possible, what's thinkable, the standard changing? I've got a, a, an example in my own life that helps me understand it. Gladys? I was about 23 years old or something like that. You hadn't yet met the handsome wag Joe Getty, who would so change your future. And I'm from small town, middle of uh, nowhere, and uh, I haven't been very many places. And um, fine, I'm bumming along with my life, and I'm living in uh, central Kansas. And some guy, I see him on the weekend, the sales guy, and he said he was in Dallas over the weekend. And he was telling me about, uh, I think, uh, going to the JFK thing, the bookstore depository. And he'd gone there, and I thought, I'd like to see that. And he said, why don't you go sometime? It's a six-hour drive. And I thought, it's only six hours to get to Dallas? And I thought about it for a while, and I thought, I'm going to do that sometime. I'd never done anything like that. Mm-hmm. So I drove to Dallas, and I realized, wow, I can I can go anywhere. I can go anywhere. Mm-hmm. I can go places like this if yeah. I want to. Yeah. Now, that, make, that might make no sense to you. It makes no sense to me. Right. But up until I did that, the idea of going someplace just seemed like something I couldn't do. And I don't even know why. Yeah. Just because I didn't. And nobody I knew did on the weekend go places. From that point on, I traveled all over the place. I went everywhere. I'd go. I'd go. I'd drive for eighteen hours straight sometimes to go to places. I've been all over this country. Just just on the weekends back when I was pre-child. But it just became something I could do. I can go anywhere I want. Mm-hmm. Before that, for some reason, I felt like I couldn't. I think that's the way it is with the school shooting thing. It just became something. Oh, you can do this. 
That's something you can do. It got on the list of things you can do. I didn't yeah, know you could do that. It's as simple as that. I grew up, everybody I knew, I'm not, without exaggeration, there'd be like two kids in the class, maybe this wasn't true for, in rural Wisconsin that didn't have access to a gun. Mm-hmm. We all had access to a gun. Right. I had access to a gun. We all did. It just wasn't thinkable to go shoot up to school. Why would you do that? Well, it, just, it wasn't in the realm of possibility. All just right. like driving yeah. to Dallas wasn't in the realm of possibility. I know that sounds stupid. Well, yeah, I look back on my life and I'm shocked by my lack of imagination at times. But that's why it's so important um, to you know to go off on a tangent a little bit. But to uh, go into schools in uh, you know your rough neighborhoods, your downtrodden neighborhoods, minority communities, whatever, and introduce them to the idea of yeah, you can go to college or yeah, you can be in this business, you can do this. This is absolutely here's steps one, two, and three. It's not that hard because we as human beings tend to focus on our our environment um, and and don't think outside it. I've I've mentioned I decided to get into radio directly. I mean I've been thinking about it my whole life, but because I was playing in a band with a dude who said I'm taking radio classes at the local community college, and I thought, wow, I'd be better than him, and I started. That's it. As a radio freak since I was a small child, it took that to tell me, oh, yeah, this is something you can do, which, again, shocks me looking back on it. I would like to kick me, but I'm not really <laughs> flexible enough. So if you had a time machine, right, you'd go back in time and kick yourself. Right. That's hey, stupid, who are you? You're looking like me, but old. So you could go meet Lincoln, but you'd rather inflict pain on your own human body. Right, right. That's interesting. So anyway, yeah, I just I think it is so much a sociological uh, pathology, this idea that it is within the list of things I can do to hurt many, many people to express my pain. You also have to remember what it's like to be that age and your view of uh, life, mortality, what it means to be dead. Uh Right, you have this fantasy issue that you you go ahead and you kill those people and then you're dead, but then everybody gets together and talks about it and they realize, oh, you're really, really mad. I get it. And then you go on with your lives. Or something. You have but, no sense of permanence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As a kid. Yeah, when you're young. And these, and these people, most of the time, the guy in Vegas obviously is different, but most of the time these are young people. Um, so the president's going to speak at some point, and we'll bring that to you, either live or slightly delayed, so I'd stick to this radio station if I were you. Yeah, I don't know if you've heard, but uh, the guy from The Apprentice, Donald J. Trump, is now the president, mm-hmm. and he will be speaking to us. You got us that uh, tax thing that we're all happy about. Is this the theme from Dallas, Michael? Wow, that's 1980s a... primetime soap opera. 1978 when this show went on. Hell of an interesting time. Uh, stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Got this text. I'm 52 years old. High school in rural San Diego County, 1980 to 1983, and boys, 16 years old, drove pickup trucks to school every day with hunting rifles and gun racks in the rear windows. So it didn't just happen in rural Wisconsin where I was. It happened in San Diego County, too, at the same sure. same period of time. There were rifle clubs. Something has changed in the country. Obviously, that whole gun rack in the back thing is uh, you know, a funny reference to Hicks and Rednecks, but it used to be true. And yeah, the high school kids... When I was a kid, had guns in their trucks displayed in the rack of the truck, and people didn't shoot up to schools, mm-hmm. which is just it's, just, it's that's what's so interesting about this and complicated and troubling in terms of combating is it's the, the idea of it 
the fact that it's a possibility within the realm of things I'm going to do. Right. And there were a lot of disturbed kids, I'm assuming, back then. Are there more disturbed kids now? Well, yeah, some studies would say yes with social media and all that. And uh, who knows what's in the drinking water or whatever, but there were there were disturbed people back then, too. Well, and there's been a transition in our society, too, that and we've been talking about this for a long time, and it, maybe it's unavoidable with a safe, affluent society. But we have gone from a society where partly because of, you know, World War Two, for instance, um, the, the most cherished principles were honor, duty, sacrifice to others, doing your job quietly getting her done and now we are a nation of self-indulgence of look at me i'm a victim i'm a victim constant need for attention uh the individual elevated over uh, the needs of of others etc etc um we are a uh, an affluent neurotic society and so the idea of an incredibly selfish act the most selfish act uh, of, of killing a bunch of people because you're unhappy has gone from so wildly unthinkable nobody thought of it to just like kind of a level three expression of anger. We're just a unhealthy society in a lot of ways. A couple of stats. And, and maybe it's the sort of sine wave that can't be changed. Maybe it's just a function of, you know, hard times make strong people, strong people make good times, good times make weak people. A couple of stats to throw out there to muddy the waters. You want muddier waters? Uh, guys, even with an uptick in school shootings, there are far more people. Oh, the president walking out? Yep. Oh, he just walked out. So here we go. The president of the United States, ladies and gentlemen. Made a comment that he wants to be a professional school shooter. President, idiots. to identify him. Back to you. Yesterday, a school filled with innocent children and caring teachers became the scene of terrible violence hatred, and evil. Around 2.30 yesterday afternoon, police responded to reports of gunfire at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland, Florida, a great and safe community. There, a shooter, who is now in custody, opened fire on defenseless students and teachers. He murdered 17 people and badly wounded at least 14 others. Our entire nation, with one heavy heart, is praying for the victims and their families. To every parent, teacher, and child who is hurting so badly, we are here for you, whatever you need whatever we can do to ease your pain. We are all joined together as one American family. And your suffering is our burden also. No child, no teacher should ever be in danger in an American school. No parent should ever have to fear for their sons and daughters when they kiss them goodbye in the morning. Each person who was stolen from us yesterday had a full life ahead of them, a life filled with wondrous beauty and unlimited potential and promise. 
Each one had dreams to pursue, love to give, and talents to share with the world. And each one had a family to whom they meant everything in the world. Today, we mourn for all of those who lost their lives. We comfort the grieving and the wounded. And we hurt for the entire community of Parkland, Florida, that is now in shock and pain and searching for answers. To law enforcement, first responders, and teachers who responded so bravely in the face of danger, we thank you for your courage. Soon after the shooter, I spoke with Governor Scott to convey our deepest sympathies to the people of Florida and our determination to assist in any way that we can. I also spoke with Florida Attorney General Pam Bondi and Broward County Sheriff Scott Israel. I'm making plans to visit Parkland, to meet with families and local officials, and to continue coordinating the federal response. In these moments of heartache and darkness, we hold on to God's word in Scripture. I have heard your prayer and seen your tears. I will heal you. We trust in that promise, and we hold fast to our fellow Americans in their time of sorrow. I want to speak now directly to America's children, especially those who feel lost, alone, confused, or even scared. You're letting your kid I watch this. You You're crazy. That you are never alone, and you never will be. You have people who care about you, who love you, and who will do anything at all to protect you. If you need help, turn to a teacher, a family member, a local police officer, or a faith leader. Answer hate with love. Answer cruelty with kindness. We must also work together to create a culture in our country that embraces the dignity of life, that creates deep and meaningful human connections, and that turns classmates and colleagues into friends and neighbors. Our administration is working closely with local authorities to investigate the shooting and learn everything we can. We are committed to working with state and local leaders to help secure our schools and tackle the difficult issue of mental health. Later this month, I will be meeting with the nation's governors and attorney generals. We're making our schools and our children safer will be our top priority. All right. Uh, it sounds we... like he's wrapping up. Yeah, we'll continue on with that uh, maybe during the news. Uh, what's coming up in your news, Marsha Phillips? Well, we've got the latest from the police and FBI briefing that just went down in the Florida school shooting coming up minutes from now, Armstrong and Getty. And I have some comments on what the president said. It's interesting. Yep. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Dave Ramsey here from... Later this month, I will be meeting with the nation's governors and attorney generals. We're making our schools 
and our children safer will be our top priority. It is not enough to simply take actions that make us feel like we are making a difference. We must actually make that difference. Hallelujah. There you go. There you go. That's what a lot of people are feeling right now. He could he could lead it. Uh, you know, I was talking about networks earlier. Bring together in a room and do one of those things he did a couple of weeks ago where you let the cameras stay mm. and have mental health professionals and people on both sides of the gun debate and all of that. And have a free, pick the right people right. and have a free-flowing conversation about this. It'd be freaking awesome. Right, right. You know, the media would misreport it and pick the moments of conflict in the meeting, and that's all you would hear about well, if I, you depended on network news. I think if you had the cameras in the room, a lot of people would watch it. Right. The whole thing. Uh, let's get the news now with Marsha Phillips. Well, along with the president, Florida authorities have just wrapped up a briefing on the Florida school shooting. The Broward County Sheriff says the families of 17 people shot and killed at the... Uh, South Florida High School have now all been notified. Florida's governor, Rick Scott, was at the briefing saying the violence at America's schools has got to stop. How do we make sure when a parent is ready to send their child to school that in Florida that parent knows that child is going to be safe? Number two, how do we make sure that individuals with mental illness do not touch a gun? Great questions. Absolutely need to be part of that discussion. And I would like to ask the unicornian, utopian morons of some of the progressive states in the country. Boy, you disarmed the good guys and you put up your gun-free school signs. How much good did that do? Until we can get the big societal move made, change hearts and minds in our culture, the good guys have to be armed. That's self-evident. You'd have to be seriously mentally ill to not get that. On a different angle on this whole story, the football program there at that school said, uh, tweeted out, it's with great sadness that our football yep. family has learned about the death of Aaron Feiss. 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 He was our assistant football coach and security guard. He selflessly shielded students from yep. the shooter when he was shot. He died a hero and will forever be in our hearts and memories. Yeah, he uh, reportedly jumped between the shooter and uh, one of the female students and uh, got shot himself and yeah. was killed. That's unbelievable. Yeah. Put, put his picture up. Yeah, yeah, no freaking Not the coolest kidding. picture you can find of oh. the anti-hero with his gun. Why is his picture not up on my TV screen? Fox News, CBS, NBC. Why have I not seen his picture at all, and I've seen the scumbag killer's picture right. 500 times, and I'm going out of my way to not see it? That is just, that is just disgusting. The media is disgusting and leading to more of these killings. So this is the second worst sh- school shooting ever. That's it's it's easy to get lost because we've had so many high numbers in these shootings. Right, yeah, that seventeen's the second worst school shooting ever. Five of the worst shootings we've ever had in our country have happened in this this decade, which is just crazy. During that briefing, the FBI is also acknowledging there was a comment made on a YouTube channel a while ago, thought to be a channel thought to be used by the Florida school shooter. In two thousand and seventeen, the FBI received information about a comment made on a YouTube channel. The comment simply said, I'm going to be a professional school shooter. Now, the Florida FBI agent, Robert Lasky, said agents tried to track his ID and location, but they were unable to do so. But they did try to follow up on that report. It does fit in with what we uh, learned from one study earlier in the show, that these these people, the one about the only thing they have in common is they almost always say out loud that they plan to do this mm-hmm. to someone. Yeah. 
just yeah. must be human nature. Yeah, and, and we went over this earlier, but we understand y'all can't listen to the entire show every day, unfortunately. Um, is it possible we can somehow find the funding for outreach of some sort or have a national uh, program of churches and and synagogues and, and, and uh, the JCs and whomever else looking for opportunities to reach out to the troubled in a non-threatening, non-law enforcement way and say, hey, you're saying some really angry things. Do you want to talk? And just make that part of our culture. Jack, I know you value your privacy more than about anybody I've ever known. And I understand that'd be a little uncomfortable to have somebody knock on your door and say, hey, I see you're posting uh, crazy stuff online. Uh, if you post you want to be a school shooter, yeah, well, yeah, I think that's perfectly legitimate. But right. just people who are quiet and kind of sad, I know I would say, leave me alone. And then what do they do? National I'm not program violent, to of buy course, people so a guitar. I'm not violent, so it doesn't make any difference. But I think a lot of people just say, get out of here. Mm-hmm. Leave me alone. Right. Millions of parents. But, what, you know, but, but maybe they say that the first and second time, but maybe the third time. They say, yeah, I kind of am angry about stuff. Okay, there, there I break with you right there. I don't need the effing government, anybody from the government, coming to my house over and over again asking me, why you kind of seem sad? None of your effing business. Well, Get off my property. It, it can't be that sort of thing. It's just got to be there, and people know it's there if you want it. Mm. On an entirely different note, we've got top U.S. intelligence officials now warning people against using smartphones made by the Chinese companies Huawei or ZTE. Members of the CIA, the NSA, FBI, and Defense Intelligence Agency were testifying before the Senate Intelligence Committee earlier this week saying using products made by companies beholden to foreign governments puts American security at risk. I would suggest very strongly you don't do it ever. China and Russia are bent on our diminishment, if not destruction. Right. Don't forget it. Yep. Authorities warn the phones could allow... I'm not even going to eat sweet and sour pork anymore. (laughs) Good man. I've banned it from my diet. You're a good American. (laughs) Hey, by the way, a rock star from the San Diego area wants to fund UFO research. Tom DeLong's a former singer for Blink-182 and says when he got secret UFO research from a Department of Defense insider... What? It changed his life. Oh, this guy's serious. Really? He is hardcore. He's like a leading light of this now. Well, is yeah. there a reason he won't tell us what he was told, or has he told us? Well, he can't. He can't expose his source. No. He's got a, too easily traced back. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a new company. He's called to the Stars Academy of Arts and Science. He's trying to raise fifty million dollars with an ultimate goal. Yeah, me too. <laughs> With an ultimate goal to build a ship that can warp through space and time. It's a good goal. It's good to have goals. You've got to have goals, Marshall. Indeed, indeed. You can't just wander through life like an idiot. You have to have goals. You're warped. There you go. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscious of a nation. The the nation. nation. The nation. I still say it's the nation. I think it ought to be a nation. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. It might be nation. Azerbaijan <laughs> if it's just a nation. I think everybody would assume we mean this nation. Well, I don't think we can take that chance. <laughs> <laughs> but then you could be the conscience of many nations. So you a got nation. you got se- you got secret info from a Department of Defense person about uh, aliens, right? But you can't tell anybody. Well, no, because they could trace it back to him. They, my source, was in charge of the. Anal probing of the aliens. So, so if, if I talk about their anuses, they're going to go right to my search. You know nothing about intelligence operations. So if you all would just give me some money, I will use these secrets for good, not evil, I promise.
What? what? Whatever. Good He's scam. He's going to build his warp drive. <laughs> Good scam, dude. <laughs> Wish I'd have thought of it first. Look, Listen to the cynicism. I have people I know in the government told me some things about aliens you're not mm. going to believe. Please send your money to me. <laughs> I'll look into it for you. Wow. Now, he, this guy is serious about this stuff. Seriously I've crazy. No, listen to you with your cynicism. You hate science. You'd have stoned Galileo. <laughs> you would, you'd have made a good Nazi. Did the Nazis uh, wow. stone Galileo? Well, Somebody they, look that up. Quite a jump. I'm pretty sure they did. Quite a jump there. Could have won a gold medal with that jump. Yeah. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty, the conscience of the nation. Yes! Armstrong and Getty, the conscience of the nation. In human athletic pursuits, the Winter Olympic Games are underway in Pyeongchang, South Korea. Germany leads all other nations with 12 medals, 7 gold. The U.S. team has 4 gold medals, all for snowboarding. Good thing somebody invented snowboarding. How huh? will we be screwed? <laughs> yeah, I, well, yeah. Excellent yeah. job by us. By forcing into the Olympics, because we're the most powerful country on earth with everything. Um, how about this sport that we're really good at? Yeah. I want we do some of that. I, I would point out it is unquestionably the thing for sliding down snow in a pretty big chunk of the world. So it's not it's not like we made them include, I don't know, what would be a good example? Competitive eating or something <laughs> that nobody else does. <laughs> Um, it's, you know, it's not a completely ridiculous no, no, sport. Yes, sure. Uh, I was saying it's like if we somehow convince people to allow, you know, eating microwave food in front of the TV in t- as yeah. an Olympic event. I don't know. In other countries, are they into sm- snowboarding like we are? I mean, because obviously it's part of their culture in some of these other countries. It's how they get to work every day to to uh, slalom and uh, biathlon. Right. Yeah. People who live on curvy mountains get really good at the uh, the slalom on their way to work. Denmark, for instance, as they commute, Katie Couric, like through the canals, etc. Other countries do participate in it now, but much like the NBA, we were very much the tip of the spear of it. So we're a lot farther ahead of, of most others. As I've said before, though, I was in, I was more in, it's still impressive. I mean, the stuff they are doing on those snowboards. I just watched the gold medal winning run from last night. Just it's amazing. But uh, I was more impressed before I started going to the skateboard park. I was there just uh, yesterday day before yesterday with the kids they're just average dudes in your neighborhood that do stuff that blows your mind yeah that i didn't know the jumping up on railings and flipping around and stuff i just think how are you just a regular guy wow hey this is so there are more people that can do that sort of stuff than i realize right and that's why in some of the snowboarding they actually had them sliding long rails yeah to try to get uh, skateboarders involved i i did not know this the percentage of snowboarders is declining it peaked at 33% in 2009-10, and it's just down a few percent. But uh, here's a New York New York Post piece from 2015, why snowboarding is fading in popularity. Well, is, uh, Here's 2016, snowboarding once a high-flying sport crashes to earth. Now, they're is, talking about America, I think. Is it of people that go to a mountain and go down the mountain? Yes. So skiing yes. is up then? Regular Co- skiing? Yes. Okay. R- relative to snowboarding. Interesting. It's total visitors. Because once I discovered snowboarding, I haven't skied since. Now, I haven't done either in a long time, but 
Once I discovered snowboarding, that was the way, I, I, I just felt it was a lot safer because your legs are strapped yeah. in. The, the chance of me breaking my knees and everything like that, I like. You know, that's funny. I, I know virtually nobody who's really gotten hurt skiing in the last several years. Now, I'm not saying people don't get hurt skating because they do all the freaking time. But mm-hmm. I know a handful of buddies who broke the wrist snowboarding. Mm-hmm. Um, and I heard you say you fall less, but you fall harder. Oh, yeah. And I thought, <laughs> yeah. not for me. So I stuck yeah. with the skis. But yeah. Um, okay, that's America. I'm a ski lodge type of guy. That's what I like to do. <laughs> just my, hang out in there. My kids want to go, but I just I don't know if I could do it. That's you know one of the many downsides of being an older parent. I just don't know if I can do it currently. Wow. Here's this. Skiing is easier to learn, but harder to master. Whereas snowboarding is harder to learn, but easier to master. Say that again. Skiing is easier to learn, but harder to master. Mm. Snowboarding is harder to learn, but easier to master. Uh, I found snowboarding pretty easy to learn. but uh, Exactly. Opposite of what they're saying here. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> that's just what happened to me. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that's enough of that. Uh, tomorrow, Probably way more than enough. I don't even know how we ended up talking about skating that. versus shuffling long in <laughs> shoes on ice. <laughs> you know, I miss skating. I should skate. I loved to skate so much as a kid mm. and a teenager and the rest of it. It's fun. You feel like you're flying. Yeah. How do they not? I was watching some of the short track where they were where, where they have those long razor blades on their feet, mm-hmm. and then oh! they they have wrecks regularly, and they go they go sliding off into the. How does somebody not? Like, cut somebody open and they bleed out on the ice. With right. those. It happens once in a while, but not very often. Because when they go down, you got somebody swinging those two-foot-long razor blades at your head. Right. Right. Everybody's tumbling, and you got a couple of Ginsu knives flashing. At 25 miles an hour. Right, yeah. Which is flying. Yeah. <laughs> Put a sp- speedometer on your bike and try to ride 25 miles an hour. That's fast. God, I'm surprised they don't have wrecks where, like, limbs are severed. Yeah, that's what and I mean. you just see an arm twitching on the ice. Oh, he lost an eye. I'm surprised there's not more of that. Man, I'm sorry. Oh, man, I'm just, I'm picturing once in a while it's happened in hockey. And it's, oh my God, I'm going to puke even thinking about some do, of the scenes from days past do we need where they're afraid people were going to die. Do we need to hear this? It's flooded into my consciousness. <laughs> All right, we got to come up with something that's not grim to talk about. Good Lord. This isn't grim, but it's really, really stupid. Here's one more good one. Okay. Why isn't snow shoveling an Olympic event? That's ah. something we can all relate to. He grew up in Wisconsin where he had to shovel his parents' driveway every day, so he's really good at this, Jim. You know what's uh, funny is, uh, you know, vanish things from our youth. Uh, growing up in the Midwest where it snows a lot, in the 70s, when diets were not very good uh, in a lot of ways, um, it was all about having a heart attack while you shoveled snow. That was like the number one cause of death I heard about as a kid. Heart attack, shoveling snow. We're talking about death again. What is the matter with us? Some of you live in a snow. I tried to move I, on. I didn't bring you up. You brought the, up snow shoveling. Which most people don't turn into a discussion of death. <laughs> um, <laughs> some of you live in a snowy climate that hear us, but most of you don't. And uh, you just you just don't know. You wake up in the morning. Oh, geez, it snowed last night. And you've got to allow an hour maybe more, to shovel enough to get your car out to go to work. You still have right. to go to work when it snows? <laughs> Hell yes. yeah. And, yeah, oh, in most man. parts of the country, yeah. yeah. By the way, when I was briefly a uh, TV weatherman, Snowy Climate was my name. That was my airman name. Anyway, so uh, this isn't deathy, but it's sure stupid. You may have heard about the flap a few days ago. Princeton professor in trouble for using a racial slur in class. Yeah, yeah, we talked about it that. Was, right, it was a free speech discussion where he was talking about the N-word. He asked the class, 
Is it more provocative for a white man to walk up to a black man and punch him in the nose or to walk up to him and call him a racial slur? And he said the actual word because he thought he was in a room full of adults. Right, who are discussing ideas and and important, you know, well, ideas. Um, And several students filed complaints and said they were triggered and it was an aggression and a microaggression and the rest of it. Uh, Princeton officials are actually defending the professor, saying the values of free speech and inclusivity are central to the university's mission. Why an American university has found its balls. That's surprising. But the professor said, I don't need the headaches. Class is canceled. I'm not teaching it. (laughs) Wow. So the N-word, and I won't say it out loud because I'd lose my job. um, The N-word is undefeated, I think. Remember, Dr. Laura lost her giant radio career over that. Um, and she was using it academically. Nilla, so nilla, please. There's a word. That's what I say to white people. There is a word that's so dangerous you can't even discuss it academically. You have to refer to it by a letter or you will lose your job and it's undefeated. In the idiotic states of America, yes. Yeah, that's something. You know, the social justice warriors don't want truth and they don't want justice. They want power. That's a Don't weird, forget it. weird censorship thing. I wonder if that's ever happened in a society before, that a word became so forbidden you had yeah, to refer to like it as something else. Superstition, yeah. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.